0: NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle.
1: They dropped everything at vegas and they helped tend to me and uh, i just told them that i don't want to just come back to come back and, and kind of inch back into it and you know i said i want to come back swinging and, and throwing punches but i think the emotional heartfelt pain when it happened uh, hurt the most just knowing that i wasn't going to uh, be able to finish out the 10th round you know one of my mentors uh rex Dunn, years ago he told me you know life's life's uh, hardships and trials are like a flat tire and you can get out and throw dirt and kick it and get all upset or you can uh, get out and change it and move forward.
2: Hi, this is Penn and Teller, and you're listening to MFR Extra. But I've been known to lie. So, Dusty, um, you've had lots of great moments in this sport, but one that you probably want to forget, but I know everybody's asked you about. Tell us a little bit about the accident at the finals.
1: Yeah. This last year at the finals uh, during the ninth round, um, I uh, stepped in just a uh, kind of normal routine uh, to fill a gap between a bull and a bull rider. And, uh, you know, they always say it's it's been a game of inches. And um bull swung around to, to hook at me, and he really reached out with his front feet. And when he did, he uh, stepped on the side of my leg, making it a displaced fracture of the tib fibia and a slight slight uh, bone come out of the, the shin part of the, the skin. and. Uh, it was one of them deals that kind of a freak deal, but uh, you know, I knew instantly that this wasn't something that I could necessarily shake off Um, just the angle. And um, as soon as I felt the, the weight of the bull's leg on my leg, I was really trying to uh, roll my knee towards the ground. That way it allowed my leg to bend like it's supposed to, but everything happens so fast and so quick and in those moments. And, it just, it was a split second deal and, and just, it's part of it though. You know, it's definitely something in your career you look at, and you're like, kind of like, dang it, you know, I'm um, going to have to come overcome this, but it, immediately I looked at it like, you know what, I know I'm going to have a challenge in front of me, um, but I'm speaking life in this and uh, I know God's got a, a purpose in mind through it all. So that was just really my mindset through it all of um, being able to overcome, and come back and try to come back better than I ever
0: was. So, I've hit my shin on a coffee table and got a little gaggy before. So I could only imagine how horrendous something like that would feel. But for those of us that, uh, you know, follow you on social media, your work ethic has got to be second to none. Um, So when that happened, I know that you had to have, you know, oh my gosh, this, this is not good. Were you already thinking about how I'm going to recover from this? Or was that something? I mean, you've been at the NFR what, 13, 13 times? I uh, mean, yeah. was it one of those things like, oh, this is it? This is how it ends? Or is this something where you were like, all right, man, here we go?
1: No, uh, it wasn't a nothing of really any negative thought. You know, obviously, you know, uh, the sheer fact of knowing that, uh, you know, we're going to have some challenges ahead of us. Um, but I was okay with that. I was accepting of it right away. And, you know, as soon as it happened, I just, you know, just really started speaking life on my leg and praying on it, just believing that, you know, I was going to be back for the 10th round, you know, and that's just kind of just really what I wanted to feed my mind. Uh, I wanted to stay positive and and look at this as like, you know, this is going to just going to be part of my story and uh, looked at it as a challenge of, you know, life's all about highs and lows. And I think, you know, our true character can be defined and, and really uh, exposed through these seasons. Uh, that you go through, through an injury and, and, you know, the sport of rodeo, it, it can be a game of injuries. And, you know, I've really admired a lot of uh, close friends, uh, through my career that I, I've seen battle and, and overcome and come back. And, and, uh, I just, I looked at it like, Hey, you know, what? this is the hand I'm dealt and, you know, I'm going to play it to win. And, you know, yeah, so definitely right out of the gate, you know, I was thinking that, you know, we're going to get a work regimen put together. I'm going to get with the right trainers you know, with the justice sports medicine team and all those doctors and therapists that, that, you know, meant to us all year long, you know, they, they were on board with me right out of the gate. And, uh, I was ready to hit the ground running really. Um, um, it was, it was a process, uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, um, you know, definitely some U-turns. Um, but ultimately, um, I know, um, kind of what I was hearing right out of the gate for a long time. And, you know, they were saying anything from six months to a year uh, of me being out and I wasn't going to accept that. Um, I was determined to come back uh, quicker and sooner than that. I I, I truly believe God had a plan and purpose through this and I was just going to keep feeding my faith, keep feeding my mind and, and, you know, obviously putting the right uh, nutrition and value into my body as well and my workouts and the time that I was putting in behind this. And You know, like I said before, I knew it was going to be a rocky road and and definitely a, a mount to climb, but, uh, I was definitely up for the challenge.
0: What were the emotions coming back to the Thomas and Mac for round 10?
1: Uh, it, it was, I, I don't even know if I can, <laughs> I think I was still a little loopy from all the anesthesia, but, uh, uh, it was, I was just really determined to get back that night. I knew there was probably no way possible, um, once I got there that they were, uh, <laughs> I, I asked one of the trainers if they'd let me go down the fence and watch it, but uh, they denied that pretty quick. Um, Jeez, man. <laughs> I don't Come know on. if they thought maybe I'd try Come to in the there or, yeah. or whatever, but, uh, it was really overwhelming. I mean, it just, the, the great thing about it was just all the, the staff there. Um, you know, the, the shape that I was in, they made it so easy for me to get down there. They had, me pull up front and they had a wheelchair waiting and then at the elevator and they got me down in there and was taking care of me. But there's a lot of high, uh, high emotions there, just definitely because, you know, I think obviously the physical pain of that, uh, injury was, was all there for sure. But I think the emotional heartfelt pain when it happened, uh, hurt the most, just knowing that, uh, I wasn't going to, uh, be able to finish out the 10th round and, uh, so just being there, it was great to be there to see them guys. And I was just making a point that, you know, regardless of what these doctors are saying, staying here, I was going to show them that, um, you know, I may not be able to be there in the arena with you guys, but I'm going to show up and show you that, uh, show them guys that I do care and that uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to get back and get right and get back in the arena with them.
2: Okay. So fast forward now to this recovery process and, and I'll be honest when, when they told me when you came back, I was nervous for you. Okay. So, I mean, obviously with the advances in today's modern medicine and your workout regimens, you know, there, there are guys that can come back sooner than, than what doctors say, but there was Mm -hmm. never
1: any doubt in your mind the first time you stepped back in the arena? Uh, no, there truly wasn't. Um, you know, and, and the reason behind that, I think has a lot to do with my faith and believing and trusting in the process. Um, you know, I, I definitely dug into uh, the word a lot more, a lot of motivational stuff, a lot of great testimonies through this. But, you know, I was listening to a deal from Kobe Bryant, you know, kind of at the beginning of it. And he says, you know, confidence comes from preparation, no preparation, no confidence. And and, and I just took a hold of that. I was like, you know, what? that's definitely how I felt that I've lived my life uh, in my career uh, to the most part. And, you know, what good is it to put all this work in if I'm not going to uh, trust it and utilize it when I get back in that arena. So, um, you know, you got to maximize your time, but also, like I said, trust the process. So we spent uh, countless hours. Um, I got with, uh, Kevin T- Taylor, uh, physical therapist at Oklahoma city with Justin, uh, sports medicine program. And, and we hit the ground running. Um, we were, I told him if I didn't need to be there seven days a week, 24 seven, I would be. And, uh, you know, he's been with me for Probably ten or twelve years, and he's helped nurse me back from numerous injuries, so he you know he had an idea of the work capacity that I had and the mindset that I had going behind it so um and he pushed me and he and he pushed me hard and and there's a lot of kind of seemed like pointless days, but I knew there was a reason behind what he was giving me and what the doctors were saying, so I just kept trusting what he was saying and giving me and and you know trusting my doctor and and I uh, just kept putting in the work, so obviously you know, I didn't really have necessarily a a clear vision of a timeline when I was going to be back. I definitely had a bit of an idea within three or four weeks and, um, but I was just really focusing on the task at hand and not so much the end point, but just really trying to maximize my time through the process. And, you know, there was definitely, um, days that were harder than others. And there was definitely some rodeos that I was hoping to be back for sooner than later. And I think a lot of, um, people that knew me, they were, I think they were a bit nervous that I was going to try to come back too early and, and push it too soon. But I just knew the severity of this injury that I definitely need to let that bone heal. And I definitely need to get some strength back in my leg um, before I could go do my job and do it effectively. And, right. you know, I told uh, some family friends and uh, John and Carla Harrison at the beginning, you know, they, they dropped everything at Vegas and they helped tend to me. And uh, I just told them that uh, I don't want to just come back to come back and, and kind of inch back into it and you know, slowly get back to where I was, you know, I said, I want to come back swinging and, and throwing punches. And so, you know, that was motivation through the process as well as I was getting in the dirt well over a month before I actually went to my first rodeo. So, you know, from obviously starting slow, just to being in the dirt, to working the dummy, to working um, Mexican cows, to actual bulls. And so I had a handful of, uh, you know, purse or and cattle sessions in me before I even went to Reno. So I kind of, had a good idea what my leg was feeling like and how it was feeling after. But, uh, you know, so I was confident enough going into to Reno uh, that I would hold up. Um, the only thing that I wasn't sure of was uh, how sore I would get because, you know, Reno's 10 days and we start out day number one with an extreme bulls. And so we'll buck 50, 60 bulls that first day. So um, I knew it would hold up and I knew it was solid. I just wasn't sure the the pain that it was going to uh, give me throughout the week and a half rodeo there in Reno. But um, it was actually the perfect rodeo to come back to. For one, you know, I got to test it uh, in every situation. Um, but for two, obviously, we had the Justice Sports Medicine team there. And uh, one of the, the trainers there, Tony, his clinic was right there. So I got to get up, work out every day in the morning and then get treatment from him and then also get treatment at that night. So I had great hands on with me. The whole two weeks I was there and um, I I knew after that first night after fighting about 60 bulls and it held up good through the bull riding and felt pretty solid. Um, and then the next, uh, I guess, test was how I was going to feel when I woke up the next morning and woke up the next morning, and jumped out of bed, and felt pretty dang good. And I was like, we've, we've made it now. Let's just keep focusing on being consistent and getting better and and uh, keep improving and, and uh, you know, don't settle for where I'm at now. Just continue to work hard. That's awesome.
0: How long until you started your recovery process?
1: Well, um, it was kind of a uh hit a bit of a U turn. Um, you know, I had I had my first surgery in Vegas, you know, the day after and everything seemed like it went well and good and you know, uh get get almost to Christmas, get at the two week mark, and it was Christmas Eve and I went and saw Tandy and he put me, got me out of my cast, put me in a in a walking boot, not to walk, but be able to where I could take it on and off, and shower, and you know, start doing some minor therapy, you know, range of motion of the uh, knee, ankle, and hip, and then starting to work my upper body and that. And I was definitely looking forward to that. I, you know, I got there, we got exchanged, and I almost felt like a new man. I almost felt like, hey, I'm going to be back for Fort Worth. You know, it was just my mindset. And <laughs> we get into about four or five days, and You know, I'm a pretty big advocate of, you know, my nutrition and fitness. And I just, for some reason, it still just didn't feel right for me to get right back in the gym. Um, But I was doing my range of motion stuff and about three or four days doing that, I remember taking my foot out of my boot and I felt some movement in my leg. And I was like, wait a minute. So I put it back in the boot and took it back out and then I could see it too. And I just didn't think that was part of this process. I I just, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I just didn't think with a rod and hardware in there that it should be moving at all. And so I reached out to Tandy and and, uh, some doctors and trainers. And uh, long story short of that, I ended up going to see the doctor earlier um, about a week after that, because we were coming into the new years. And, you know, I knew instantly when he come into the, the, the doctor's office there, after looking at the x-rays that, the news that he's fixing to give me wasn't what I was wanting to hear. And he just, he walked in there and said, man, uh, you know, you need to redo it. Um, He said, it's, it's, it's not uh, lined up that great. He said, there's obviously movement in the leg. And, you know, um, he said my advice would be to, to have it redone, um, go in put a bigger rod and more supporting screws and line it up better. And that was definitely, that took the wind out of my sails. It was definitely, I felt like i was fixing to start all over again you know uh, almost a month into my recovery and uh, you know the thing that I think hurt the worst of that was everything was still so fresh in my mind uh, you know from the surgery and and all the aches and pains and I was just starting to get over the majority of those pains and so I kind of had I guess you'd say a bit of a pity party for a couple hours on the way home and I was talking to some family and friends and kind of seeing what I wanting to do. And, and I really didn't even want to deal with it at that moment. And, you know, one of my mentors uh, Rex done years ago, he told me, you know, life, life's, life's uh, hardships and trials are like a flat tire and you can get out and throw dirt and kick it and get all upset, or you can uh, get out and change it and move forward. And, you know, as soon as that thought come over me, I was like, man, it was like Rex himself told that to me. And I, I was like, that's right. That's what we're going to do. And, So I got got on the phone with some family members and and we got a hold of a family doctor that um, actually fixed a similar injury in one of my family members' legs uh, like mine and went there and saw him first thing the next morning. And uh, about four days later, I got in for the second surgery and they took all that hardware out, went in, put a bigger rod and uh, lined it up better and more supporting screws. And instantly I just felt how much more stable and stronger it was. And so yeah, I looked at it as a blessing. Like you know, we we hit the ground running and we got a good doc, and you know he fixed us up, and and uh, now now we're now we're back on the grind. You know, we we tried to get derailed, but I wasn't going to accept that. And I still believed at that moment that you know I'm still going to be able to come back quicker than anybody thought. You know, I was going to continue to trust the process, and you know I, I'm a firm believer: of what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And I looked at it as a kind of the 10,000 step process, and you know the steps that I didn't take that day, I was going to have to take. You know, in, in future, tomorrow. So, I just really try to maximize my time, focused on the task at hand. Not try to think about too far up the road and and the, all the rodeos I was missing. Um, even though that would cross my mind, you know, that with the Cowboy Channel and everything, uh, I was grateful and thankful to be able to see everybody back to the full winter rodeos. And um, but it was kind of a blessing and a curse having that channel. You know, I was. Excited for them, but I was a little bummed, but uh, I just use that for motivation to continue to work hard and know that each day that I would put my best foot forward that it was going to pay off in the long run and be able to get me back in the arena uh, sooner than later. In more than three decades in Vegas,
2: 360 world champions have struck gold. None have won more titles than the three that make up the inaugural Vegas NFR Icons class. Banners for Trevor Brazil, Charmaine James, and Ty Murray will be permanently lifted to the rafters at the Thomas and Mack Center. And on December 1st, all three will be honored at a tribute luncheon at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Get your tickets now. Go to NFRExperience.com forward slash NFR Vegas Icons for details
0: what was the support like from your contemporaries from the rest of the bullfighters?
1: Man, it was truly amazing, you know, just, just humbling and, and uh, overwhelming, um, you know, from, from the bullfighters to anybody, everybody reached out and everything that everybody did, but uh, it was just the camaraderie with the group of guys that I get around run with and work majority of my rodeos with is, is just amazing. It's second to none. These guys have, you know, kept in touch with me, um, you know, obviously they'd come over, see me and, and give me a hand if I needed it. And, you know, obviously, you know, when we started getting to the process or to the point to where I could start moving around and getting back in the dirt, you know, uh, you know, one of my closest friends, uh, Nathan Harp, you know, he was thanks sure checking on me, you know, about every day, if not every other day. And, you know, he's like, he kept telling me, man, I got the dummy waiting and ready for you when, when you're ready. Um, so as soon as I keep get around in the dirt pretty good and, you know, I went up and saw Harp and, you know, we started getting around the bullfight dummy and just started, you know, just getting back in the timing, getting back in the maneuvers and and just getting getting the mind settled and getting it right. And, you know, I was definitely trying to push myself each each time I would get in there to see where I was at, but also keep record of kind of where I was from the last time and improvements. Um, you know, take notes of improvements that I need to work on and, and whether it's leg strength or mobility or or, or my speed and agility or whatever it was. So, um, it was great to have those guys. I'd go down to Cody Webster's as well. Um I mean, he's got a lot of fighting cattle. So we'd go down there and get in front of some of the Mexican cows and, um, just getting in front of live cattle is, is a, you know, a big deal is, you know, I think that's part of getting back to where you need to be is, uh, you know, everybody's a little different. Some will just step back in the arena, um, without that kind of prep work. But I felt that I, I, Not only owed it to myself, but those that, you know, trust in me to keep them safe in that arena is I need to put in the time outside of an actual live event before I get back in there and and just, you know, get the dress knocked off, you know, look, see where I can improve and grow. And and so as I was doing that over the month of May, I was obviously taking notes and seeing my progression. And, and, uh, you know, that's when I really got settled towards the middle to third week of May where I I had a really good idea where I was going to come back. And, um, and so then I actually, before Reno, I went up to, the, uh, Cody, Wyoming, where I'm from, um, Maury and Nikki Tate do the night rodeo up there. So I went up there a few weeks before Reno and allowed me to get in the dirt every day and work some performances and get in front of some bulls and, and just really have that kind of that live atmosphere, that, uh, actual performance based environment. And getting back in there and, and getting around them bulls and that and everything was, like I said, I still had some aches and pains and, and whatnot during that time. But I, I knew the, the strength and stability that I had in my leg was going to be able to hold up and give me definitely the confidence that I needed to go in to get, get the full summer run rolling. So
2: let's focus on a, a positive memory from the NFR. When When you think about, I mean, somebody that's been there 13 times do you think of saves that you guys have made as a team or do you think of great bull rides? What, what stands out more to you, Dusty?
1: Man, uh, you talk about the NFR, there's, there's just so many things that that can come to mind and I can take an hour to, to just talk through them all. But, you know, obviously definitely the camaraderie amongst the guys that I've got to work with, um, uh, to be in there. Um, and yes, the things that you do prevent and the saves that you do make and the teamwork, the chemistry that, that you, uh, that you guys can put forth in that arena for sure um is is definitely highlights and there, there's just so many reels that that flash through my mind right now um but you know uh definitely a lot of the bull rides too um you know i've got to witness some the what i think are some of the greatest bull rides that that i've ever went you know from ken and ac you know my first year he won you know he's my best friend we grew up rodeoing together you know he won the average that year and he finished it off with a 93-point bull ride on 4L Diamond S's, a big iron. Um, and then a couple years later, another one of my good friends, J.W. Harris, a ride Smokescreen of Frontier Rodeo Companies for 94.5. And then you go into Sage Kimsey riding Bruiser for 94.5. And then last year, watching Stetson and Wright, watch uh, ride chiseled of D&H's for 94 and 94, 94 and a half again. And, you know, being – just a fan of the sport and there's not a bad seat in that arena the thoson Mac um experiencing that from many levels great but being I love with that and feeling that energy in that place is definitely something that I'll always uh remember um but I, I guess some of the things that one of my first i guess biggest memories from there was actually it wasn't even a year that I was working um uh, Canon, he actually made the nFR in two thousand seven his first time and I went down there with him to spend the whole time with them. And uh, I remember sitting up there and every performance in section one Oh nine row R, just looking down there. Um, just, I guess just believing that one day I, I'd get the chance to be down in that dirt. And it's kind of funny, you know, now every day that I, uh, that I got to step into that arena, you know, I look up there at section one Oh nine and, and row R, and, and just, you know, just grateful and thankful for being able to, uh, be down in that dirt and just remember, you know, where I've come from and, and just know that, you know, I got to keep working hard and, and putting forth, por- putting forth the work and effort uh, each and every day and focusing on the rodeos in front of me. And, um, just, uh, uh, definitely always reflect back to those moments.
0: So the first
2: year you made it to the NFR, which would so-called be the rookie year. Did you get the prank? I have to ask, or have you played the pranks on the new bullfighters?
1: Um, Man, yeah, I, I think there's been pranks kind of every year, whether you're the rookie or the older guy. Um, now it's to it's been to a point now where you know a lot of times I just let it go in one ear and out the other. But I know that first year that you know they tried hazing me a little bit, but man, I was just I think I was just so excited, and it really didn't matter what they did. Like you know they they hid my best. they hid my gear bag, and that, and I was just like you know it don't matter. I'm I don't I don't put my trust in my best or my equipment like if you guys want to hide it, that's fine. Um, But yeah, we, we definitely harass everybody. But on the uh, the other side of that, just talking about the camaraderie of the group of bullfighters, I can remember my first year there. um, I got to experience with, you know, Daryl Diefenbach, you know, he made it, uh, he worked at 12 times and, you know, he told me when I first got there, he said, you know, Hey, enjoy, enjoy it. You know, focus on fighting bulls. He said, I'll make sure to get you everywhere you need to be all your meetings, all the performances and, and everything. So that was, that was definitely a blessing, you know, him just take me under his wing and uh, let me really just enjoy uh, the, the, the moments that, uh, you know, those two weeks uh, offer you. And that's one thing that I've really tried to um, carry on from what deep did for me is the, some of the younger guys or the new guys that have come in and, you know, which are some of my best friends and some of the best bullfighters in the world, just, you know, telling them the same thing is, Hey, there's going to be a lot of things going on and, you know, uh, there's a uh, a lot of days here. I said, but enjoy it. You know, I'll make sure you're at all your meetings and and you know check-ins and everything. And you know, we may harass you a little bit on the way or you know pull some pranks on the way, but uh, we'll make sure, make sure you're at where you need to be. So just go have fun, have uh, fight bulls, and you know really enjoy it.
2: Well, when you talk about younger guys, just be careful with Harp because he uh, he tried hustling me the other day in ping pong. So don't. Oh yeah. You
1: know that's Harp. He likes some ping pong. He's yeah. competitor. <laughs> he, he was good at it too. That Southpaw threw me off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Old Southpaw.
0: <laughs> Throughout this whole conversation is, you know, you keep saying your faith and everything like that. Where did that come from?
1: Man, uh, just, you know, God ultimately, you know, it was, you know, my whole testimony, it, it kind of just reflects back to rodeo. And, you know, I know at a young age, I had all, some scholarship opportunities to go play football and, just kind of a long story short on it. You know, I battled some adversity uh, when I was 15. I got in a really bad wreck fighting bulls. And, you know, coming up to that point in my life, you know, I can honestly say I didn't know what fear was or nerves or being anxious or any anxiety was, you know, I grew up with two older brothers that, you know, one was four years older than me and one was nine and I always wanted to be a part of what they were doing. And so I kind of had to earn my keep around them. So I kind of grew up, you know, the kind of the school of hard knocks and but uh that turning point in my life when I was fifteen, it really opened my eyes what the sport can and could do to me and uh for the first time my fear- fear really struck my life and a lot of people don't know that story uh of my life, but uh you know for the next year year and a half, you know, I definitely fought a lot of uh head games and and honestly it was close to derailing me from even trying to pursue rodeo and fighting bulls as a career and um I can remember there was a rodeo Bible camp um Shortly after that, and I was just going to it just to try to uh, overcome this this fear and and get back to try to fight bulls and and try to pursue it as a career at that young age. I didn't know what it was going to be at that point, but you know I just went in there with the mindset of of uh, you know trying to get better and and fighting bulls, and ultimately it was definitely a game changer, a whole life change. You know I I, I received Jesus into my life, and that was a real big turning point. Just knowing. You know that I had a purpose, what I was capable of doing and the 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 how much control we can have over our mind once once we you know uh understand and believe in the process and and, and trust what's ahead so that was really the whole game changer that's you know I've told a lot of people for a lot of years is I truly feel this is where God has me in life is in the rodeo world and and uh you know that's what I just keep keep manifesting on and keep chewing on and and you know it uh I think through those hardships, I mean, looking back after this injury to my first big injury when I was 15, I think it, it helped prepare me for this one, you know, because I've already experienced that. Uh, I was put out, put in the hospital and, and, um, so I already had a bit of an idea of what it was like to go through that. And then that point in my life, it was definitely more difficult. But with my faith coming into this one, um, it was just something that obviously really, uh, help keep me motivated and you know the word tells us that you know the testing of our faith produces that endurance and it's 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 the same way with our physical side is the more we train the more we work out physically and mentally the stronger we're going to be and and the more calloused mind that we're going to have to be able to push through and and endure whatever life throws at us and you know so I like I said it was in a a sense you know I was kind of excited to see this challenge you know I know or I knew it was going to be kind of a bummer not being able to you know get back to the winter rodeos, and you know I was two winners now of missing my winter rodeos, but um, I was definitely looking forward to the challenges, looking forward to the hard days and and you know not gonna not wasn't gonna let it define me, you know I wanted to be an inspiration and a motivator through this and i've told told myself you know from the start of this is you know if me going through this can Uplift, inspire, or motivate somebody in their life in one way or or another. Uh, that it was totally worth it, and that was just the mindset that I want to have through it. And, and you know that just helped kind of push me through it. So to bring all this together,
2: Dusty, uh, there's some really, really talented young guys out there. Uh, I mean, very, very talented. But you and I both know, especially through your recovery process, that talent means nothing if you don't work at it. So what what advice would you give to some of these? young up and coming bullfighters and just people in rodeo in general about talent and work ethic?
1: You know, I've said for a long time is, you know, the only person that will keep you from doing something is yourself. And, you know, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So, um, I, I, I try to keep it pretty simple on that side of it. Um, and, and let people know that, Hey, I was, I was once that young kid and, and I'm still feel like I'm that young kid just pursuing and chasing a dream. And, and, and you, you can, uh, definitely achieve and, and accomplish more, um, if you just trust and believe in yourself and, and continue to work hard and, and, and put, put forth the effort. So, um, and you know, anybody that comes up to me, whether it's a younger guy or, or, or whatever is, I definitely try to tell them that, that to, Hey, you know, um, you, you've got a body, you've got the materials, you've got the, the, everything in front of you, you know, and, there's definitely, you know, I feel God's given us all different gifts in different areas in our life. And it's up to us to figure out what those are and, and polish them. Um, so that's, you know, another thing I've said a lot is uh, there may be somebody better than me, but it's it's on me to not let, let anybody outwork me. Um, and and that's I think that's 100 percent on whoever the individual is. And that's the mindset that I really try to have each and every day, you know, working up or waking up and working out. or Watching what I eat and the right nutrition, getting in the video and the film sessions, and you know just uh putting everything I can into this because you know truly, I feel this is part of my plan God has for my life and and i I need to be able to be the very best version of myself each and every day inside and outside of that arena and also surrounding yourself around those like minded people um you know the old saying is you know if you hang around four successful people, you'll be the fifth and you know going back to the camaraderie with our the bullfighting group web art and Nate and Weston and everybody you know we stay in contact each and every day pretty much and sending videos and sending workouts and holding each other accountable and and not only them holding me accountable you got to hold yourself accountable uh, yourself and be able to uh continue to put forth that work and, and and that effort in each and everything you do every day
2: Dusty thank you so much for your time man this has been awesome and and we we appreciate everything you do for our industry and keep being an inspiration for everybody out there. Man, I
1: appreciate you guys. Thank you. You bet.
0: See you back in the Thomas and Mac, huh, bud.
1: bud? Uh, that's the goal, but I got to focus on Friday night in Ellensburg first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Data time. Whoa. We'll yes, sir. Travels, brother.
1: Yeah, we'll see y'all. See you, Dusty.
2: Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Radio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.